Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. Awesome and new existing user promotions, which makes it America's number one sportsbook. Easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast, sometimes in as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against all odds so they know that I sent you. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday morning. Cousin Sal coming to you here. Spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Baby face Joel Solomon producing this mess and joining me as always. My wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's up, Sal? What's going on, buddy? We have quite a task ahead of ourselves here. I don't know that this has ever been done before. I mean, we already set a record early in the year as the first sports gambling podcast, I believe, to have a live engagement when Harry proposed to the lovely Angela. They're getting married um, next month. Holy crap already. And now we're setting another one. We are going to go over 21 games. Now it would be 24 games, but three teams don't have an opponent in the NCAA tournament because this is Tuesday morning. We've not seen the play-in games yet. So we're going over 21 and then we'll do the remaining eight. There'll be eight in Friday afternoon and Friday evening. We'll hit that Friday morning. And I don't know how we could do it without our next guest. Forget the NCAA tournament. He makes all his big life decisions by filling out a bracket. He hates Duke <laughs> so much. He removed the letter K from his laptop keyboard. The host <laughs> of Titus and Tate podcast. Yes. Friend of the program. Tate Frazier. What is happening, Tate? Yeah. Yeah, Tate. <laughs> Great to be back, guys. I, uh, I'm very excited about being here. I'm very excited about seeing all of you and, uh, you know, I, I just want to talk about Coach K forever now. You know, it used to be something that I hated talking about, but now bring it up. Let's talk about the farewell tour. <laughs> Let's talk about I did. Um, I posed it to these guys, and you you would know better as a Carolina Tar Heel fan. Um, that last win in Cameron, Cameron Indoor Stadium, which, by the way, it's an indoor stadium. People should know yeah. that. It's an indoor <laughs> stadium. You need to point that out. How many wins is that worth? How many regular wins is that worth? Like you, you could you could you get blown out in the first round here and it won't matter to you because you beat up on Coach K in his final home game. This one's forever. You know, I think the Duke fans haven't even processed that yet. You know, I, I was at the ACC tournament in Brooklyn and Barclays and I was watching the Virginia Carolina game. There were a bunch of Duke fans there obviously pulling for Virginia as they are prone to do. And as I walked by them, I was just laughing, like cackling and my <laughs> friends were all laughing at them. And, and, it, and it's so funny how embarrassing it must be to have that much egg on your face and uh, the hubris of that moment. And uh, we own Coach K forever now. Whenever we talk about Cameron Indoor, I mean, Tyler Hansborough, uh, we called it Hansborough Indoor for four years when mm-hmm. he went 4-0 and ruined J.J. Reddick's senior night. J.J. Reddick was there for this game, so it made it even better. I mean, the wow. best part about it was it wasn't like we just beat Coach K. We beat the entire Coach K, uh, you know, 40-year window with all those players there. We got to see every person that we did not like over that time, and they got to soak in the loss as well. So it was a beautiful moment. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was schadenfreude. Uh, you know, I mean, we got to laugh at their misery, and uh, 
to hate like this, to have so much joy, it was a great night. And uh, I don't know how many wins it's worth, but it feels like going to a Final Four. That's what I would compare it to. It feels like we made another Final Four. So 21 Final Fours uh, for Carolina now. Is that what it is? That's the equivalent? Yeah, because I was going to say that should have been your last game of the year. And I wonder if the players uh, will get into your first round matchup and everything. But uh but congratulations to you. That was a, a monster, monster moment. I know. I love excited. those kids forever now. I, uh, I, I've told all of them. I have been very uh, critical at times this season, but after that <laughs> yep. game, I don't care what they do. I love them forever. Well, <laughs> I don't care what they do either, but I'd like for them, although this might be against the rule. Oh, there's no rules anymore, right? Hit extrapoints.com slash arcade. We have our bracket update. Now, if you win, you get a thousand dollars. These kids can oh, play wow. that, right? Can yeah, college kids play brackets? I think they can. I don't know, but Calvin Ridley will play, right? <laughs> He's in. He already has like four entries. It's weird. Uh, so that's uh, for the civilians. You win $1,000. Now, as far as the talent goes, if you come in last, you choose from the cap of consequences. And Harry, I know you love Harry, but he has some oddball Final Four selections. He's putting it all out there. Harry, tell Tate real quick who your Final Four is. Yeah, well, I do have Arizona out of the Pac-12, Tate, but I mm. do also have, and I have Texas Tech, who I have winning it, but I have St. Mary's, and I know you, you're high on UCLA, Tate, but I have St. Mary's, and I have LSU. Now, LSU, I know and understand, didn't play really well down the stretch, and Will Wade's out as a head coach, Tate, but listen, hear me out on this. By the way, Lenardi sees LSU going to at least the Sweet 16. Um, yeah. Under Kevin Nickelberry, who's taking over here, but I think they get a favorable first round opponent in Iowa State, who five times this year, Tate, five times scored 40 or less. Two of the last three, they scored 41 in the Big 12 tournament against Texas Tech. Uh, three games They're ago, beating Iowa third, State. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, 36 we didn't need points they scored against, here, against, against said, Oklahoma State. So, so Tate, we get by Iowa State. Teams. That's all I said. We. <laughs> Wisconsin has Davis, who's hurt, and then you get possibly an Auburn team, Tate, who's only five and four in their last nine. Go ahead. These kids band together and make a run like Steve Fisher, Michigan team did way back when. Tate, you don't have to love everything Harry does and said. You don't have. I've I've, I've tried to teach you this for many years now. I know, I I know, but I do love it because I love the passion. (laughs) All right, good. All right, Harry, I just want you to make sure you put that in the bracket because the cap of consequences it is. It's in. All right, good. good. Extrapoints.com slash arcade. One more uh, order of business. We have our Cinderella challenge right now. Now, if you're a student from a 12, a 13, a 14, or 15 seed school in the men's bracket, we want to pay your tuition. We want to do it. So hit us up at Extra Points Pod on Twitter, and uh, we'll get you going. Nice little contest there. Now, all right, 21 games, Tate, uh, starting on Thursday. That's for me when it really starts. We'll get your thoughts on the playing games later, but... We have 21 to hit, uh, so let's do it now. By the way, Chris Falica, we love Chris Falica. He says there are 11 first-round games currently with a spread under three points. There were 10 combined in each of the last two tournaments. Mm. The most is 13, 2011 and 1991. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. I mean, mm. you're seeing some insane uh, spreads, and we'll start it off with one that's less than three. Michigan, two and a half over Colorado State. Um, a lot of people are bummed out. Michigan 17 and 14, 11 and nine. They, in the conference, they lose to IU in the first round. It's insane that they avoided the first four. Uh, I think they did this to keep Juwan out of one extra handshake line. I think that would make sense. That's why he's not playing the play in game. Uh, that Rams, I don't know if you've seen that David Roddy seems to be going pro 19 points a game, seven rebounds. Wolverines two and a half point favor to more seven and 12 against the spread. I'm going Colorado state. Harry, you're going against me. 
I'm going to take Michigan here. Very fishy line here. Very, uh, you know, like you said, Michigan uh, 11 seed against Colorado State, who got a very favorable six seed. Um, but Michigan's the favorite. Michigan does have four straight sweet, sweet 16 appearances, fourth toughest schedule in the country. Maybe that's why they got such a favorable draw here uh, and, and where they avoided uh, having to play um, in the uh, Tuesday, th- Wednesday games. Even like you said, Sal, with a 17 and 14 record. Uh, I'm going to take the Wolverines here. Um and they get the cover against a, I think, a, a Colorado State team that isn't that good. Okay. Tate, are they that good? I agree with Harry. I'm, I'm shocked that Colorado State got a six seed. But I mm-hmm. think that the committee, if I were to read into it, they put a couple of teams at the six line to test them to see if they belonged in the tournament. Texas, they put up against Virginia Tech. Let's, let's see if Texas actually is who they purport to be. I don't think they are. Virginia Tech will probably show us why. And I think here in Michigan, you said the strength of schedule. They've played a lot of good basketball teams. I think that they're going to play hard for Jawan Howard. I, I would have to believe so. I think you're right, Sal. I mean, he needs to avoid getting upset or, yeah. or, or, or getting too implicated into this game. I actually like them without Jawan Howard more than with Jawan Howard, which is really? crazy. To say. I really like Martelli. Uh, you know, he's obviously, you know, one coach yes. here with St. Joe's back in the day. So he knows what he's doing. Uh, so I like Michigan to win this game. I, I, I think that's a good, uh, you know, I, it's, I'm not surprised that they're favored, but I'm also a little shocked that Colorado State was a six seed. All right. So that'll be a fun one. Kick that tips things off, right? Thursday morning. That's an early game, 920 out here on the West Coast. Beautiful. Can't wait. Now, here's another one. Providence, only a two-point favorite over South Dakota State. That's the next game. I mean, this is insane for a 3-14, right? This is a 3-14 matchup. So three is a two-point favorite parlay, kid. Um, I saw Providence. I like them. They were in first all year, pretty much in the Big East, right? They lost twice to Nova, pretty close games. They yep. didn't show up against Creighton. They got thumped right. in the semis, but they've right. had a very good year. They were 11 and one <clears> in non-conference play, 14 and three in the Big East. Uh, Jack Rabbits have a 21 game winning streak. I think that's the longest. I like Ed Cooley's team here, 67 points yeah. a game and a 312 three point shooting percentage defensively. That's what they allow. Um, yeah. So give me Providence uh, minus two. I think you agree with me, Parley. I do, Sal. Uh, Providence uh, has experienced upperclassmen on this team. Uh, Watson inside should be able to dominate the smaller Jackrabbits here. Uh, they're Big East battle tested. Uh, we know that. And uh, basically, I think this game comes down to a defense versus offense type of game. And defense wins these type of games, right? Providence is more known for their defense. The Jackrabbits like to get up and down the court. I think uh, Providence will dictate the pace of play here and uh we'll be looking at this like wow that was easy money mm-hmm. all right tate you're going yeah. against us aren't you <laughs> no i well i look i i go back and forth i saw providence get eviscerated i was right. there in an msg yeah. i saw it live and look providence we call it the luck of the friarish they have had hmm. the luckiest season in uh, college basketball history they they had a game where the ceiling the the arena the dunk the, the dunkin donut center started to leak so they had to stop the game and then that helped them kind of rally the troops and they ended up winning that game in overtime over Xavier. And so that is the type of season that they had <laughs> have had. And I felt like in the building in MSG, though, all the fans, the Providence fans that were around me felt like, oh, my God, our luck might have been, you know, we, we may have ran out. You mm. know, this, this is the end. So it does concern me a little bit. I think they do get past the Jackrabbits and I'm not sure how far they go from there. So I, I will take Providence in, the, in this round. And then I have not, I don't have much faith in them moving forward. Really? I like that. The luck of the friarish. Did you make that up? <laughs> yeah, that's, 
That's a coin term for Titus and Tate. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, all right, Memphis. Here's another one under three points, but this is it falls in the Thursday morning. Uh, 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 their uh, time period. They're Memphis two and a half over Boise State. This is the eight nine game. I like Memphis. Memphis money coming in. I think it's smart money. Um, different styles. I think Memphis is more up tempo. Boise is slower pace. Boise still plays on that blue court. Oh no, that's just football. Um, <laughs> Memphis 10 wins in 11 games to close the regular season. This Jalen Duran, my God, he's going to be a pro, right? Tate, he's 18 years old. I know uh, he had his hand yeah. injured in the in the semifinals uh, before the Houston game, but 6'11", 250 freshman. Good yeah. Lord. I don't know if they have an answer for him, Boise. Penny Hardaway's team just got better when the injuries seemed to uh, subside. They win, they cover, they advance to play Gonzaga, and then that's that for them. Brother Bry, you like the other side. Yeah, well, I'm going against Memphis because I was like 0-4 betting them this season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, both teams are coming into this uh, this game playing really well. I mean, they're, Memphis is 12-2 and in the last 14. Boise State's 24-3 and in their last 27. And one of those losses was overtime. The other was by three and, uh, by three points. So they're 6-3 and three against the spread in their last nine. They're 6-1 and one on neutral site. I think, I, to me, I think it's going to be a good defensive game. Uh, defensive battle by both teams. So I'd, I'd prefer to take the two and a half points in this one. All right, Tay, you're the tiebreaker here. I'm going to go with brother Bry. I, I want to believe in Memphis. Um, I was early on uh, a big Memphis believer. Larry Brown is, uh, has become a, a great you know person in my life that I love to reach out to and talk about basketball. Larry <laughs> Brown will tell me anything about anybody and he shoots it straight. So I, I, I appreciate him for that. I talked <laughs> to him in January he told me that they were going to figure things out, and uh, they did. I mean, they made the NCAA tournament. Um, that's impressive for Memphis, but I think Boise actually should have been probably the sixth seed that Colorado State has. I mean, Boise had a really good year, um, and they got kind of a bad draw here with an 8-9 game, but I think they squeaked this one out and get the win. Look at you, all grown up. Larry Brown. Larry Brown, a father Larry figure. Larry Brown. Just like that. That's North fun. North Carolina, baby. We run deep. That's fun. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now this one is not a three point spread or anyone near, near, uh, Baylor 21 and a half point favorite. Why not? They're one mm-hmm. seed Norfolk state is who they play. Paul, I kid holding on to my Baylor ticket. I have him at 10 to one. I believe they're 11 to one now. Um, look, this LJ crier. I, I don't know. What are you hearing? Tate? Is he coming back? I hear that. He's still questionable. I don't, I don't, they can't win without him. They can't win the whole thing. They can get by some of these earlier games. Um, yeah. that's what, that's yeah, what concerns me about this team is just the injuries. If they were a hundred percent, this Baylor team would probably repeat, but you know, they, they just, they can't get it together and I, I can't depend on Cryer. So I'm actually, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Baylor has kind of like the Villanova after they won in 2016 and then they lost to Wisconsin in right. the second round. I think something like that might happen with this team. Well, you know, so they, but they do beat up on the garbage. They really do. They, yeah. they beat Hartford in their opening round. And maybe, okay, so that was a better team, that better Baylor team. They won by 24, their opening game. Six games outside the power six, wins by 27, 29, 45, 45, 37, and 36. And this Norfolk State team, Xavier beat them by 40, 40. <laughs> I'm taking the Bears here. Yeah. Right. You're taking the points. I'm going to take the points here. Baylor, you know, like missing some pieces from last year's team, obviously uh, not as good, but still a one seed. But I think it's too many points here where uh, Norfolk State's done some damage in past history in the tournament before they've got a guy in Joe Bryant Jr., uh, who scored and doubled it at 16 of the last 18 games. They're 24 and six. And this is a game where I just think that Baylor does not need to roll it up. They can easily get through this game. Win this game by 15 to 18. The 21 and a half is too many. I'm taking Norfolk State. 
Tate, does the 21 and a half scare you? I mean, what, I mean which we'll go over most of them here, but yeah. is there one seed that's not going to win by 20? Uh, I mean, I feel like Baylor should win by 20. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, but maybe maybe you take the points because it's that large of a line. Maybe you can uh, maybe I'm with Harry there, but I don't know. I think Baylor should blow this team out. I, I, and I would suspect so. And maybe they're trying to send a message in this game that, hey, we're here. We're still the champs. You know, we're going to try to make a run again. Right. All right. So that'll be interesting. I, you know, th- these things, they'll be up 24 and then blow it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's enough, yeah. yeah. I know how it goes. Uh, all right. So now we have, uh, what are our Tennessee 17 over Longwood. Oh, I just, I, I've been driving Clay Travis crazy. Or he's been driving me crazy. Tate, explain to everyone how the two and three seed doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. Come on. It, it matters in this sense. Every single title that Duke has won, they yeah. have been a two seed. Oh, I see. Okay. All five <laughs> national titles, Coach K has been a two seed. So the fact that he got a two seed when he did not deserve one was um, erroneous and ridiculous. And uh, if I was Tennessee, I would be arguing that they should be a one seed. Really? Wow. I think the SEC is the best conference this season in basketball. And they they beat Kentucky twice head to head, which is a two seed. And they also won the SEC tournament. I mean, and if you've watched Tennessee, they, they're they a really good basketball team. I, I, I love their three point guard lineup. So I, I think they got screwed by Duke. I mean, sincerely screwed by Duke, hmm. but it's Coach K's last year, so we all knew what he was going to get. He was yeah, gonna but get you, yeah, that, that's your that's going to be your take, no matter what, right? Like everybody got screwed <laughs> by Duke. <laughs> I mean, look, Duke Duke's doing what Duke does. We we understand. Right. All right, I'm sorry, I disagree. I don't think the SEC is a shit. In fact, I don't even think it's the the best Southern Conference. The Big South is the biggest and best and yes. mightiest of the Southern conferences. Griff Aldrich's team draws Tennessee. Tennessee is just crying about getting ripped off seed wise. Concentrate on playing the game. Right. 26 and six. 26 and six. Longwood won 19 in the last 20. Uh, I'm taking the points. Parley kid, you're with me? Yes, I'm taking the points here. Um, Brian Brian might remember Longwood. We had uh, one of the top players from Long Island, uh, Woodhouse, the point guard from Harbor Fields. Brian Mm. uh, played for Longwood. Uh, and um, so we're kind of familiar with it. Last year we were all over Winthrop, right? Winthrop is in this conference. Everybody loved Winthrop last year. They didn't do anything, but they're actually this conference is not a terrible conference. They got some decent, solid basketball teams in here. Longwood's got three guards who average in the double digits. They shoot thirty eight percent from three. Deshaun Wade shoots at a forty four percent clip from three. Uh, they beat up Winthrop in their in their uh, championship game here. This team can play some ball. I think 17 points is just a little too much. I'll take the points with Longwood here, Sal. All right. Moving on. Iowa, 10 and a half. I like them to make the final four. I took them to win the Big Ten title at plus 330, 390. I don't know what it is. Tate was surprised that everybody has them going to the final four. He likes them. I think you like them too in the final four, right, Tate? They're up. They're a favored by 10 and a half over Richmond. How do you see it, Tate? I really like this Richmond team. Um, mm. I had a you know ah. couple of friends uh, growing up that went to Richmond that played baseball at Richmond, so I've always been invested in Spiders basketball and I you know VCU. We all remember Richmond went to the Sweet Sixteen. VCU goes to the Final Four, so nobody remembers Richmond. Uh, Richmond beat Charles Barkley in 1984, hmm. uh, that Auburn team. So they have a history in the tournament. Different of guys. Sp- a lot of those guys graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe one left. Maybe yeah, one maybe, just maybe can't get enough credit. Yeah, these yeah. days with all the extra years of COVID, you never know. <laughs> right. um, but but I I think that there could be a spoiler here. 
here with the spiders. I, I would take oh, the no. spiders uh, in the points here. This is going to be a close game. I think that Iowa's going to be a little tight in this game. I think Tennessee's yeah. going to be tight also against Longwood. Um, so those are going to be some close. They're going to be closer games than the line says, I believe. Interesting. All right. Brother Brian ah. picked that yesterday as it's p- potential Cinderella team, right? Brian, I was you that said Richmond. No, or? no, I took South Dakota State. Oh, I, I said Richmond. Oh, yeah. you did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Parlay uh, kid did. All right, right. Because yeah. he has to because of the Dayton thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going Hawkeyes. Fourth in the country scoring 84 points a game, 5 and 0 on neutral courts. And I think Keegan Murray, I said yesterday, makes his biggest move up the ranks in terms of uh, the draft board yeah. for uh, pros, potential pros to be uh, selecting the draft there. I'm going minus 10 and a half. Harry, you agree with me? I, I do, Sal. Uh, the Spiders uh, played their way in by winning the A10 tournament. I think that ends here. Like you said, Iowa uh, shoot, gets 84 points a game, shoot 47 percent from the from the field as a team. Keegan Murray fourth in Division One in scoring. He can carry this team on his back. Gets almost 24 points a game. Shot 55 percent from the field, 41 from three, uh, and had a great. He's coming off a tremendous Big Ten tournament where he was the MVP. Uh, had 103 points in four games. I think it's too uh, just too too powerful of an offense with the Hawkeyes against the Spiders. Give me Iowa and lay the points. All right, now one seed Gonzaga, number one overall one seed Gonzaga, 23 and a half point favorite over Georgia State. I'm going to make a case. I'm going to pick Georgia State, but uh, it's hard to make a case for it because they don't really match up. Um, and Gonzaga won by 43 their first game last season of the tournament. This just seems suspiciously low. It went by 43. Uh, you know, not going to, I don't know. Gonzaga, though, not, not a great moneymaker there. 15, 13, and one against the spread in the last 29. Panthers of Georgia State, 8, 1, and 1 against the spread in their last 10. Could it be 81, 60? Could you see something like that? That's what I think. Uh, Georgia State defends the two very well, but not the three. But Gonzaga, as a parlay kid, pointed out is not uh thriving behind the arc there not their forte uh i'm gonna say 81 60 brother bry you're taking an over under here yeah i think i'm the only one here taking an over under for this mm-hmm. uh, rather than a side but yeah i get a little nervous with these huge spreads for some of these games so i'm gonna go under 149 look these gonzaga totals are usually very high but you know gonzaga doesn't get as much credit sometimes for being a good defensive team when they need to be you know the unders gonzaga unders are seven and two in their last nine games 17 and 12 on the season and georgia georgia state especially has played unders they're all season long they're 15 and four uh the unders are in their last 19 games so i think georgia state has to try and slow this down to keep it a little bit closer but then i think mm-hmm. it gets out of hand anyway and then gonzaga maybe starts playing slow late so that's why so your your eighty one to sixty score is perfectly fine with me. Yeah, you'll uh, take that under the uh, forty nine. Tate, out of the one seeds, you see Gonzaga. Like, who's going to score in the nineties? Anyone going to score hundred? Is Gonzaga going to cover this game? Uh, I, I think uh, I think Gonzaga is not doesn't have the the scoring punch that they had last year. I think Arizona's the team that's going to be you know running up the numbers. And if they play Bryant in the first round, those are two of the fastest teams in the country. That game could be like one thirty to ninety five. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know. Because Arizona wants to run, you know what I mean? And Gonzaga, I think they like the they can slow the game down a little bit now because they have those two bigs and, and it's OK to be in a half court game, especially with Chad and Timmy. Um, so they're just a little bit of a different team than they were last year. Drew, uh, Timmy, Chad Holmgren, you mentioned both plus 950 to win the most outstanding player. If you had to choose between one of those two, if Gonzaga was going to win, who who gets the award there? I think that Timmy should get the award. And traditionally, 10 years ago, he would definitely get the award. But I think in today's NBA world, Chet would get it. All right. All right. Now, because then he would be the number one pick. That's true. 
Uh, he's fun to watch. Now your team, Carolina, mm. UNC, only three over Marquette. Don't hate me, Tate. I'm 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 taking Virginia Tech. Uh, I mean, I'm taking I'm taking Marquette, Virginia Tech. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, look, whether the, I, well, here's how you look at it: Carolina lost by to Virginia Tech. So, is it that they were that team of destiny, Virginia Tech, or is Carolina just going through the motions? Like we said, they beat Duke is is a game of a lifetime, and uh, whatever they should have cut down the nets that night after beating Duke. I'm officially taking Shaka Smart until you talk me out of it, Marquette, plus the points. Uh, but I think whoever wins this game gives Baylor a run for their money. You got to take the you have to take the heels here. Yeah, I, look, Shaka Smart in Texas against North Carolina. I take Shaka Smart every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is uh, this is what happens when we play Shaka Smart. Uh, Marquette beat and blew us out last year in the Dean Dome. Marquette beat Carolina in the 1977, you know, uh, NCAA championship game. Um, we played them in 2012 and beat them, so we're one and one all time. I am very concerned about this game. This team, I hope they learned a lesson last year. They went into the nine, eight nine game and against Wisconsin and thought they were going to blow out Wisconsin because they should have because they were a much more talented team. But instead, Brad Davidson <laughs> embarrassed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I hope they learned a lesson. I am not sure that they learned a lesson. I do think that they do win this game though, surprisingly. Um, and then I think they give Baylor a run for their money. I'm not sure they beat Baylor, but I, I think they they sneak by in this game somehow just because they they are the more talented team. And I think Baycott right. is a good matchup on Justin Lewis, and he right. should have a really good game. That's the I, one inside. Yeah. Um. All right, Paul, kid. Yeah, you're agreeing well, with well, Tate here. Yeah. Well, you both said they're going to give Baylor a run for the money if they get by this game. So why wouldn't they get by uh, Marquette? Well, either so, one. I said whoever I, wins would be. Yeah. I, I, well, ahead. you did. That's true. So yeah. um. I, no, I think that, like Tate said, they, they got more talent on this team. Uh, they're 23rd in adjusted offensive efficiency compared to Marquette, who's sitting at 105. UNC should dominate the boards in this game against Marquette. Marquette likes to try to force turnovers to get some points off turnovers. Uh, I think if Carolina limits their turnovers, plays a smart brand of basketball, they cruise to a victory here. All right. But, Tate, it doesn't really matter because you got Coach K to yeah. reprimand his students at his ceremony. I mean, there's no his students, his players. There's nothing Everybody. better. You're yeah. the winner. You win. We broke, we broke him. He finally threw a temper tantrum. <laughs> I've been waiting for him to throw a temper tantrum for about three years, and he finally did it again. <laughs> three. That's great. Oh, man. man. Oh, man. Uh, all right. UConn 7. I think there's a little steep. Seven-point favorite over New Mexico State. Uh, I think they're a bit overvalued. Uh, RJ Cole's a fun player. 16 points a game. Sonago is... Very good. The last time the Aggies were in the tournament in 2019, they were a 12 seed. They lost to Auburn by one. Um, New Mexico, actually, McCants and Henry both played on that team. Anyway, uh, New Mexico State 12, 17 and 12 against the spread. UConn 13, 18 and one against the spread in their 32 games. I'm taking the points here. Brother Bry, you're with me. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is that 12 5 matchup. I don't know if they're going to win here, but I think they keep it close. Yeah, UConn's been terrible against the spread this season. And, you know, they're actually 3 10 and 1 against the spread in their last 14. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, New Mexico State, it's good to see them back in the tournament, but uh, 4 and 1 against the spread on a neutral floor. You know, while their schedule was, you know, not maybe that difficult uh, for most of the season. They do have wins against Davidson and like Washington State earlier. So I think they're a good enough defensive team to stay within uh, the seven here. Mm-hmm. All right, Tate. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really close game, and I wouldn't be shocked if UConn loses. I think UConn uh, has been a little bit overvalued by everybody. I mean, I, at the Big East tournament, I heard everyone talking about Villanova, UConn as like if there were like one yeah. A, one B type situation. Mm-hmm. 
I think Villanova is a much, much better team and has a much better chance to really make a run in this tournament than UConn. So um, I would take I would take the points there, and I think this will be a really close game. All right, here's one that shouldn't be close. Kentucky, 18-point favorite over St. Peter's. The Wildcats, it's hard to imagine they didn't make it last year, right? And now there's th- are there three pros on this Kentucky team, Tate? Sharp, uh, Sheepway, and, uh, and Washington? You think they're three? Yeah, I think so. And then some of the other guys, I mean, they're going to get looks just because of, you know, being on this team as is, you know, the, the, the reason why a lot of these guys go to Kentucky, right? Even like a Grady, right? Kellen Grady might get a shot, you know, at the NBA just because he's been able to develop, you know, his handle a little bit and he's not just a three point shooter now. So I think this Kentucky team could win the championship. I was a lot more gung ho on that about a month ago. They've kind of tapered off a little bit for me, but um, yeah. yeah, they should win this game by 20 points, 20, 25, 25 points. Yeah, like I mean, admit, you know, when you go in 215, you're like, uh, all right, too much size, too much athleticism. You could probably put that on every game, every 215 matchup. But I have this to add. Scotty Farrell, he's a nut. Uh, I talked to him yesterday. He was at St. Peter's mom at uh, the championship game there in that conference. And he said he was bigger than any, everyone on the floor. And he's not a giant man. I think Calipari wins easy. Lay the 18. Harry, you agree? Yeah, I do. I like it. Sal, should we be uh, that you mentioned a double double machine average 17 points, 15 rebounds. Wheeler, a guy you got, we didn't mention your point guard averages 10 and seven assists. Uh, they average mm-hmm. 80 points a game, shoot 48% from the field. And the last time um, Kentucky played in the tournament in the first round, they won by 35. The Peacocks didn't even win the regular season championship here. Uh, I think Kentucky rolls big time. All right. Uh, San Diego State. And Creighton, San Diego State, two and a half point favorite. I'm not going to pretend to witness this with my own eyes, but I read that this is a terrible matchup for Creighton, who, like we said, they thumped Providence. Uh, Tate was there. He did see that with his own eyes. But San Diego State, one of the better defensive teams. Uh, Creighton, 304th in the country in turnovers per possession. And I think 497th in the world. No, I made that up. 304th in the country. They turn it over like one out of every five possessions. Uh, Paul Kid, you're going against me. I like San Diego State. You're taking Creighton. Yeah, well, Sal, this this is, uh, I think the total in this game is probably the lowest one on the board at yeah. 119 and a half. Um, so anytime we're looking at a really low scoring game, I'll take the points, uh, especially, again, uh, Creighton uh, beat up Providence. Uh, they beat Marquette in the uh uh, in the quarterfinals of the Big East, too. That's two quality wins late in the season here. And then just really uh, losing a, a squeaker to Villanova. So we know San Diego State plays great defense, but Creighton also plays great defense, too. Uh, they got four guys on, on in this roster. They did have five before an injury to one of their players. They have four guys who average 10 or more points a game. Uh, even though they don't score a lot, they still can get scoring from different people. I'll just take the points of what promises to be a low scoring affair. All right, Tate, you're a tiebreaker here. Yeah. I'm going to say Creighton really impressed me seeing them in person. I, I kind of bought in. I've always liked coach McDermott. He's, you know, they call him an offensive, you know, offensive genius. You know, he's a mastermind of sorts. I think that, uh, you know, they figured something out. I am worried about their turnovers and I'm worried about them against San Diego state. I feel like both these teams are seven seeds that are playing in an eight, nine game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both got really bad draws to have to play each other because you can talk me into both. Honestly, I, I've watched um, both this year, but I saw Creighton in person. So um, I actually picked San Diego State to win this game, but I think I would take Creighton. I think there's more value in taking Creighton because th- they're playing really good right now and they okay. believe. 
That's fair. All right, listen, we've got through 11 of 21. It's uh, it's more or less halftime here. Yeah. Uh, we could take a quick break. I feel like we deserve it. Uh, Tate, did you, uh, do we sound like we know what we're talking about or how? Oh, yeah. You guys are better than any of the other college basketball analysts. <laughs> <that dream> really? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least we can talk about the lines, too. I mean, I like to know the lines because then, you know, Vegas always knows. So you yeah. can have your own, you know, whatever you think is going to happen. And then it's Vegas gets you recentered a little bit. So I, I like to having both sides of the equation. A lot of analytics out there that I'm like, I don't need I don't need to hear about Kim Palm anymore. But you guys are using them for the for the right reasons to make. There the right you go. Thank you. Tom. You know, that's as good a compliment as we're going to receive. We're, we, um, <laughs> we're able to read notes off of our, our computer monitors. Thank you. Uh, all right. Quick break. We'll be right back. All right, here we go. Arkansas, Vermont. Uh, people love this game. I really wish they didn't match up because I want Arkansas to go far, but I also think Vermont has some upset potential here. I'm going to take Vermont plus the five points. Yeah. I feel like everyone's taking Vermont, though. And by the way, America East uh, conference expert Mike Francesa weighed in on Twitter. He said <laughs> Vermont is going to be a tough out. So, I don't know where that puts us. Um, but, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not good. Uh, you know, they, they, they shoot threes and they bully you down low. They, I, I think they lost by seven FSU a few years ago in the tournament. They had 16 threes, uh, like a furious rally, but they lost by seven this year. They have eight players. Vermont does the count with 20 or more threes. I like Arkansas and Musselman that Jalen Williams, one of the better forwards you'll see this weekend, but I'll take Vermont in the points. They're uh, seven and three against the spread in the last 10, too many points, close game. Harry, you're going Vermont also. Yeah, uh, look, this Arkansas team has spent, had a great run during uh, the middle of the SEC uh, season. They went 14-1 in a 15-game span, but uh, just lost in, in an awful game against A&M uh, in the um, SEC tournament. Uh, this is this team that Arkansas, I think they either can make a major run. They could be. They could lose this game right straight up right here. It's a low number here. Catamounts have done it, uh, pulled the upset before in the tournament. They beat my Syracuse uh, and Vermont. It's won 22 of the final 23 games. Their only loss was by one point in overtime. I'm going to take the five here. All right. Yeah, Tate, I mean, you like the SEC. Arkansas could bang with everybody in the SEC, but is this too many points? JD Note could win this game and just has a great game and drops 30 points. And you're just like, why did we, why did anyone think that Vermont was going to win this game? You know, yeah, they have that type of talent. Uh, His games in the tournament last year, Tate, were not that great, though. If you look at his numbers last year. Exactly. And guess where this game is? Buffalo, New York. So mm-hmm. Arkansas is a long ways from home. They're not going to have that home atmosphere. So I like the idea of Vermont feeling a lot more comfortable playing in Buffalo and being a team that has a bunch of 23 and 24 year olds that play a lot of, you know, real good team brand yeah. of basketball. So yeah. that's why I believe in Vermont. But what really scares me is that everyone else is picking Vermont. So right. I think that is like fueling. I have a bunch of Arkansas people reaching out to me being like, we're going to blow these guys out now because we, we got all the bullet, bulletin board material we need. Yeah, I do buy into that a little bit too. So I, I'm a little hesitant, but I think Vermont wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. And they're not going to sneak up on them. That's for sure. Everyone picking yeah, Vermont. They're very aware that everyone is picking Vermont. That's they have Francesca's head on a, a bulletin board, <laughs> do you think? Is that how it works? Big fat head. Uh, all right. So there you go. We Harry and I like Vermont plus five. This is an interesting game. San Francisco versus Murray State. Now, San Francisco was favored by one and a half. This is the 10-7 or the 7-10 matchup. Now, Murray State is favored. By one and a half. This is a game. I mean, can you imagine this is a first round game? This seems like a game that this seems like a 
third round game where like, oh shit, wow, things went very wrong for San Francisco to play <laughs> Murray State. But it's a first round game. Murray State 20 and 0 in Ohio Valley. They had just two losses overall. Um, wins over Davidson and UAB, who is in the tournament. You know, I I like San Francisco. Four and one against spread in the last five. Murray State one and four against the spread in the last five. San Francisco, they, they got beat up by Gonzaga all year. And I think they come in with a chip on their shoulder and uh, they win and cover. Harry, you like them too. I do too. This is probably the fishiest game in terms of spread in the whole tournament for the first round, I believe. Like you said, I mentioned Sal, everyone seems to be on Murray State. The line has swung three points now. 20-0 and in conference, 20 wins in a row. Uh, but the Dons are 7-2 and two on the road this season. And in three meetings versus Gonzaga this season, they held the Zags to 28% or less in two of those three games from three-point range. I'm going to take Sam Fran here. Uh, the West Coast Conference, Tate, you would agree, I'm sure, had a probably their best season we could ever remember. Santa Clara was a team that could have maybe even made the tournament as well. Tate, you don't have to agree. You do whatever uh, you want here. I was going to say, so when Carolina, everyone was telling me they were on the bubble, even though they were in third place in the ACC, I, I had to start arguing with West, you know, WCC fans about, you know, they were like, San Francisco is going to be in over Carolina. And I'm like, in what world? You know, and then mm. you start you start watching the WC yeah. as I did, because I'm like, hey, you got to know your enemies at this point, because I'm like, we're going to I got to argue against San Francisco. <laughs> I learned a lot about this team and uh, they're a really, really good basketball team. I like Murray State. I, I think that, you know, you they've won 30 games, right? They they're the most wins in the country. So this team knows how to win basketball games. It's a really tough first round matchup, but I, I have to ride with San Francisco and it might be my bias because I've watched more games, but I think this is a really good team. And like Harry said, they're a really good road team. Mm -hmm. And I love road teams in the tournament. I, you know, that's why the SEC scares me because all their big wins come at home when they're in the jungle or wherever their home right. court is. And when you put them on the road, they're a different team. So uh, I think that's that's a big difference in this game. So I'm going to go San Fran as well. All right. It's a clean sweep. Uh, UCLA, Akron, UCLA laying 14. I was trying to look at Akron in their season. They lost by one to Ohio State in November. Right. And then really right. nothing good. Nothing right. good the rest of the way. And they had nine losses in that conference. UCLA, right. I know you don't like the Ken Palm, but eighth in the Ken Palm, uh, 10 in the net. 10 in the BPI, 10 in the RPI, and 10 in the Barthag. What's the Barthag, Tate? What is that? Too much. Torvik. I mean, there's too many of these things. And uh, <laughs> I, I like Kim Palm. I, I do. He's a, you know, he's a good guy, and okay. I think he does a good job. But there's just too many numbers. And, uh, you know, all I ask is that if you do base everything around, you know, Torvik and Net and Kim Palm is at least watch, you know, at least have watched the game. So there's a right. lot of that, too, so. Uh, is there uh, is there a world where you and Larry Brown and Ken Palm go to dinner? I, I think so. And then Larry <laughs> chokes him out. And then I, that's, that's the name of the episode. Uh, Larry I love it. I Palm. love it. It's so true. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right. Make sure you record that. Uh, will, make sure you get the ringer uh, video crew to record that. Uh, I like uh, <laughs> I they work for JJ Reddick now. So <laughs> that's it. right. I like Mick Cronin's team a lot. You know, I know Akron plays yeah. slow temples, slow temple, slow tempo. So you got to be careful. But Tiger Campbell seems to take care of the ball well enough. Jacquez, Juzang, Bernard, they'll hit double figures in this game like they average uh, UCLA minus the two touchdowns. Parley kid, what do you like? Well, so you say Akron plays a uh, slow tempo, but they did score 102 against Point Park and yeah. uh, 99 against Wheeling Jesuit. So uh, <laughs> I guess they can score when they want to. 
Right. Uh, no, Sal, I love uh, UCLA in this matchup. I'll take minus 14, whatever. They are the much more talented team out of these two. I don't even think UCLA has really put it together yet this year, like their best ball. Uh, I think they're saving it for the tournament here. I think this, like you said, I think this is a team that can make a deep run. They're not going to play any games here in round one, Sal. This is going to be a blowout. All right. By the way, I got a letter. Uh, Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. You believe we still haven't changed the email address, Tate, all these years? Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. It just flows. It's easy. People remember really, it. Yes. Uh, uh, what's going on, Sal, in the D3? As a St. Mary's grad, my initial excitement from hearing Harry show my school some love soon turned to disgust when he kept saying that we are <laughs> 17 miles away right. from UCLA. Right. Ten seconds of research would have shown that St. Mary's is located in the small town of Moraga, which is about 17 miles away from the campus of Berkeley and 25 miles from the city of San Francisco. As I'm sure you and most people know, UCLA is located in LA, which is about 400 miles South of the Bay area. This obviously begs the question, does Harry know what UCLA stands for? And does he know that they are a different school than Cal Berkeley? Probably just a mistake, but I have to stand up for my school, especially since his effusive praise of the team will doom us. Will doom us for a first round exit. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Joe from Oakland. You know where Oakland is, Harry? In New Mexico, right? Yeah, it's in Michigan, right? Tate, Michigan, University of Oakland, right? Boy, you're so proud when you throw the geography at us. I know. Okay, listen, I did did pull up. I I was quickly pulling up. I wanted to see exactly how many miles away St. Mary's was from UCLA. And though I punt on St. Mary's University and it said 13 miles. So my mistake. But it did. It did. But but listen, I did. You're sticking uh, to your guns here. But I still did. uh, I'm still backing the Gales. I'm still backing again. The uh, West Coast Conference again. And I did, did just check this up, by the way. I just did look this up. Willing Jesuit is ranked higher than Dayton Parlay Kid. So there you go. Oh, Do you want to yeah. check it again? Because your research <laughs> hasn't been uh, stellar. <laughs> check it again. Uh, do you come across these problems a lot, Tate, with geography and not knowing where you are when you're uh, traveling? We, yeah. we actually just had a St. Mary's guy come after uh, Titus on our show because Titus has actually been to a game uh, on campus there. So he, uh-huh. he knows exactly where it is. Okay. And he said Central California, which obviously it's not Central California. It's like right in the Bay. If you, But like, you know, the, he just said that offhand. It was, I don't even remember him saying that really. But some guy was <laughs> tweeting at us saying, you know, you, we are not in Central California. We are not Fresno. You know, like, yeah, yeah. okay, you know, but yeah. yeah. Harry, you're not alone. It yeah. happens to me. Come on, I'm back. Listen, guy should be thrilled I'm back in the Gales, right? Who, we love the Gales. Right. <laughs> We're thrilled. You can just find out where they are. You're That's back. it. Uh, all right. Hey, take a shot on college hoops this March with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. All customers get a risk-free bet on the bracket. Just sign in to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim yours today. New to FanDuel? Sign up with promo code against all odds to get in on the action. Then you can bet on that underdog you've always had your eye on. Is it the Gales? No, I don't even know. They're, they're not going to be. They don't have a line yet. Just go with the favorite. Whatever you want to do is risk Free and with cash out, the ball's in your court so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Join now with promo code against the odds. Or if you already have an account, sign into FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim your risk free bet today. All right. Now to the Friday games. We'll do only a few of these because we want to leave the afternoon. We're doing great, guys. Keep it up. Uh, doing a few of these. Loyola, Chicago, that uh, tips off early Friday. A one-point favorite over Ohio State. Talk about a fishy line, Harry. 
I know mm. it's a trendy pick right. and you feel smart if you win and you take Loyola and, and that's what I'm doing here. And sister Jean is in the mix still. Tate, have you and Titus no. interviewed sister Jean yet? No, she hates me. She's like my nemesis. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I was going to say uh, Tate never, uh, Tate oh, never, baby. Tate always had a problem with sister Jean. Well, she hates you though. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I call her sister meme. Cause she like takes yeah. over and, makes you know internet memes of herself and acts like yeah, she's so like funny she made it about herself you know i mean and I, I always ask people name one of the players on the team and especially the first time around in 2018 nobody knew anyone you know right. we were in san antonio every single random person i was like name one player on loyola they were in the final four everyone's like nah i don't know yeah, yeah. right Harry thought Loyola was in France. He had no idea. Forget about naming a player. <laughs> the two <laughs> biggest narcissists in college Ooh. basketball are Coach K and Sister Sister G. <laughs> I mean, does like she get a retirement bad. tour like Coach K, or is she just going to die one day and everyone I, like? And I, she'll get a tour. It'll probably be next year. Okay. I think she does a tour next year. <laughs> and Coach K's jealous because she gets more presents. Right. You're going to have to organize you and Titus going to have to organize that tour. But yeah, Loyola, be- I don't think they're as good as they have been in the past, at least on paper. I know they lost to Michigan State by two. They lost by lost to Auburn by nine. They crushed Arizona State. And I guess EJ mm. Liddell could take over, but they've not been great down the stretch, Ohio State. Lost four of the last no. five. Um, Drew Valentine is now the coach of uh, Loyola. He was an assistant when they had their final four and Sweet 16 run. So he knows. He, he's been around it. I think he gets them there. I'm going to take them. It's a pick them game, basically. I'll take them uh, minus one right now. Brian, you're with me. Oh, one to minus one. Yeah, I'm still taking them. You know, Sister yeah. Jean, she, I think she turned like 114 this year. Wow. <laughs> she's like, God oh, bless. She's, 100, <laughs> she's, like, she's 102, I think. She still looks Oh, my gosh. Crazy. But, I've, you know, Loyal is one of those teams I've lost. Again, at those the two run between last year and whatever it was, four years ago when they had that run, if it was four, I forget. Uh, but I've lost a ton of money on them. I kept going against them, but I'm going to back them for a few games this right. year. Uh, you know, they bring back Williamson and Norris, who were key pieces last year to this team. And, you know, you mentioned they had, you know, that game against Auburn earlier in the year was close. The Michigan State game, they had a shot of winning that one. And they also yep. beat, they also beat Bandy early in the year. So, uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, when the tournament comes around, they play at their pace. Uh, they just, uh, you know, they play really well. They don't turn the ball over. It seems, you know, you have to hate the way Ohio state finished up. You know, they had losses to Nebraska, Maryland, Penn state, uh, you know, losing four of those five. So that's, that, that's why most likely, uh, I Mm -hmm. I think Loyola pulls this one out here. How, I mean, Titus will be a a basket case if they lose this game, right? Or is he, is he, he will be a basket game. He will. <laughs> he will. He will be very upset. I so you have to root for Loyola State. here. Yeah. No, I, well, I picked Ohio State on the show so that yeah. we keep things going smooth. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I'm praying that Sister Jean, or I'm praying that God's not listening to Sister Jean on this day, <laughs> or whoever she she praises. I don't know. Um, some sort of demigod <laughs> who owns basketball. Power. Um, but I mean, you, how do you bet against sister Jean? You can't And Ohio state, even if they're up 30 at halftime, they could blow it. I mean, yeah. that's the problem with this team. I mean, this team, I don't know what it is, but they, they do not know how to close out a game and they have two NBA players on this team. They have a guy who should be a first team, all American and EJ Liddell. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I cannot be assured in picking them to win this game, even though they're the more talented team. Wow. So I, interesting. I took Ohio State, but huh. I am fearful that Sister Jean does it again. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be something. All right, Auburn, 15 and a half over Jacksonville State. I Look, I, I'm taking Jacksonville State. I don't know much about them other than it seems like they live and die by the three, and I'm betting on live. 
Uh, 38% of their points have come are from the three. Uh, I think they get hot. They have a lead. They blow it. They scare an overvalued two seed in Auburn. I would take the points here. Bri, you like Jacksonville State also. Yeah, I would take the points here too. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things you like in, in the March Madness, right, is these three-point shooting teams. So I think they mm-hmm. can, you know, I think they could keep it close for a little bit of time. You know, this was a team that's lucky. They're lucky to be in the tournament. They really shouldn't be in the tournament. So they might have a little chip on their shoulder. They've covered five of the last six. They, you know, they were competitive against the Bama team earlier in the season where they were like 20-point underdogs in that one too. Um, so I, I think they can keep this. I do like Auburn in general in this tournament, but I think they they might struggle early on here and uh, they'll cover uh, the 15 and a half. All right. Tate, you have a feel on this? Yeah, I think Auburn gets uh, probably scared in this game a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Auburn has this air about themselves where they walk into any game and they think they're going to blow out the other team because we have all coordinated them as the best team in the country, most talented team in the country. So right. I'm very concerned about them in any game in the tournament because of that uh, attitude that they seem to have as a team. And Walker Kessler is not 100% right now, so they're not necessarily the fully formed version of themselves. Their guards... Do not pass the ball to Jabari Smith when they should. <laughs> I mean, they have some real core problems and core issues that have not been addressed because they have been able to win games regardless. So I wouldn't be shocked if a good team, you know, kind of gets their attention. So I, I would take the points in this game. There you go. All right. There's another spread that's 15, 15 and a half. This is 15, actually. Texas Tech 15 over Montana State. Um, I looked at Montana State. South Dakota State, also in the tournament, beat them by 17 early in the year. And Texas Tech... Great resume, right? They, yeah. they would actually down one to Kansas in the uh, Big 12 championship and then blew it. And they just it was lights out, really. But they have wins against Kansas and Tennessee. Baylor twice, Texas twice. I think Coach Mark Adams gets that aggressive defense ready. South Dakota State has trouble scoring. I'm laying the points, giving the 15. Polly kid, you're taking here. Yeah, I'll take the points. I just don't think Texas Tech can light it up enough offensively uh, being that they play a little bit of a more methodical pace here. Uh, Montana State, just looking at the numbers, they seem to be comfortable from playing from the perimeter. They shoot the three ball pretty well. They're also a team that gets to the free throw line at a high rate, and they shoot 75% from the line, which is uh, which could come in handy when you're getting 15. Um, I like Texas Tech to win this game. I just think the 15 is too high for a team that is 18-2 and two here in their last 20 and uh, they do some good things. So I think Montana State uh, keeps this close enough. Uh, you know, it's going to probably be a double-digit loss, but hopefully it's around uh, 10 or 11 points here. All right, Tate, you're a tiebreaker here. I, I think I'm going to take uh, Texas Tech winning by more than 15. I really like this team, and they lead the country in points paying uh Paint points allowed. There you go. Uh, and uh, so nobody can really drive on this team and get easy points. And uh, I feel like a team like Montana State's not going to be able to score uh, as they've been you know, prone to do the rest of the season because Texas Tech, I mean, they have a suffocating defense. And uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a little run to the Elite Eight and uh, they give Gonzaga some real trouble because of their defense. And mm-hmm. I care way more about defense than anything else when it comes to NCAA tournament. Guard play and defense. So um, Texas Tech checks the boxes and I I think they win this game by more than 15. So I'll take Texas Tech. Is that true? Guard play defense? So that was because I think we put coaching in there, right? Is coaching third for you? Coaching is probably first. Oh, first. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because like there's like uh, college basketball is coaching. You know, that's why 
there's certain teams like LSU. I think that Harry's right. They're going to be better because Will Wade is not there because mm. he's not a good coach. You know what I mean? So like sometimes when you have like Bob McKillop at Davidson is a scary team to me because they have a really good basketball coach, you know, a guy that can scheme against another team, watch mm. tape, know how to get them in situations where they don't want to be in. And there's a lot of college teams that don't necessarily have that. But once we get to the tournament, obviously we, we have that. So um, I think that's number one. And then defense, then guard play. All right. For me, it's uh, Ken Palm one, Barthag two, cheerleaders <laughs> three. Uh, how can you argue with that? Um, <laughs> Purdue. Oh, wow. Another one. We got hit with three 15s in a row. There's a 15 and a half point favorite over Yale. This is the afternoon games on Friday. Uh, uh, tipping off about one Eastern Purdue 15 and a half over Yale. I like Yale, even though they lost by 22 to Auburn. Uh, St. Mary's beat them by 27. I know I'm not making a great case for them, but Purdue, I bet them a bunch. They have a tendency to start off slow offensively. And also the knock on them is they're not great at guarding ball screens and against these Ivy league teams, that seems like a disaster. You can get pick and roll to death. Maybe they're behind. Maybe they come back. I think 15 and a half is too much. Purdue one, eight and one against the spread in the last 10. Give me the bulldogs. Plus this big number, Harry. Yeah, I'm with you, Sal. Uh, Purdue, not that great, especially of late second half of the season in the big 10, not that great on the road, 17 total road games for Purdue this season. They won by 16 or more just once. I think Yale eventually uh, will lose out to the Purdue because of their height. But I'm going to take Yale with the points here. Guard Azir Swain uh, will keep Yale in the game, I think. He's got 21 points or more in four of his last five. Give me the 15 and a half with Eli's. Tate, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think this Purdue is a troublesome team. I mean, they have... And they get tight. I mean, we saw what happened last year to North Texas. You know, they, they've been here before, and I... I would definitely take Yale. I'm not saying that Yale's going to win this game, but it's going to be a close game just because of the fact that Yale plays good basketball. Tate, by the All way, right. what do you think of uh, Painter as a coach overall? I think Matt Painter can coach certain guys, and certain guys on his team aren't really willing to be coached right now. You know, you wouldn't I mean? say he's a great coach, right? By any stretch I think, of the I think he's a, I think he's a solid coach. I mean, he learned from Thank Bob. Hasn't done yeah. much, right? Hasn't done much in the tournament. <laughs> he, he, this is yesterday's still argument. Still, Tate. still waiting, Tate. Still waiting, right? <laughs> We're still waiting on him to make that run. But I right. think that what he's done in the Big Ten, I have a lot of respect for you. There yeah. we go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I have to say, I didn't get a ton of emails about uh, Parlay Kid, um, you know, proclaiming that Painter's a good coach, but certainly got a bunch about Harry and his geography. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Villanova, <laughs> another 15 and a half. Holy crap. Delaware. Uh, I love Nova. You know, our friend Joey graduated from Delaware. He was very excited in 1990. He was a freshman in college. They made the tournament and then they got punished by Cincinnati. Same here. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. I was at that gonna game. Happen. You were there. Oh, it was in Dayton. I, it was in Dayton. Yeah. Oh, right. I was in that game. You had Van Exel was playing for the, uh, Cincinnati Wait. at the time. I think Iona beat them by 11. Davidson beat them by 22. I, I love Jay Wright's team here. They're patient. You talk about guards, uh, Gillespie and, and Moore, are two of the best. I think they break them down. Big win for the Wildcats. I'm laying the points, Brother Bright. So are you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Delaware had a nice run in their tournament, but, the, you know, they weren't really lighting it up before then. I think they had struggled in their prior three games. So, yeah, I think this is I think this is a blowout. It's weird with Nova, though. You know, like they can – they can kind of play any style they want, right? They used to be more of a fast-paced, up-tempo mm -hmm. team a little bit with those good teams a few years ago, and then, and then recently a little bit more slower pace. But, yeah, I think this one is still, you know, Delaware is kind of happy to be in the tournament. I, I don't think this is close. 
Sorry, Joe. Tate. This is my team, Tate. Nova winning the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I saw it uh, up close and personal mm-hmm. in the big. This team is determined. Colin Gillespie is expecting to win the national championship. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So uh, I think this team has done uh, the, a Final Four team. I don't know if it means that they beat Arizona. I think Arizona gets knocked off before they see Villanova. But hmm. Villanova, this is a great draw to start off their tournament. You get a nice, clean win over Delaware, You know, a, a team that's familiar in your region. Uh, and then you start the path uh, to the Final Four. And I think that... Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they won it. I mean, especially when I was in 2018, I was like, there's no way Villanova can just win another national championship. And then when they did and blew out Kansas, I was yeah. like, oh, Jay Wright's, he's on a different uh, plane right now. He can do anything. I um, mean, like you probably, or like what Brother Brian was just saying, we, uh, they can play up tempo or they can slow it down. And Gillespie, he can limit possessions in a game. He's mm-hmm. that good of a point guard. And there's not one guard on the first team All American list this year. It's all forwards and centers. So, like, guard play is a little bit down this year. And we're all trying to figure out who the best point guard is in the tournament. But when you got guys like Andrew Nimhard at Gonzaga, uh, Tiger Campbell at UCLA, Colin Gillespie at Villanova, those are teams that you can really buy into because they can actually control a game by being. Being a true point guard. I love that. I love what you just said. I think my money is going to have to go on those three. It's money line parlay. Everything I got on those three first round. <laughs> Easy. Got to do it. Uh, USC one and a half point favorite over Miami is a fun one. Uh, Miami a little underrated. I think they beat Duke. Tate, you love that. 14 and six in ACC play. Four of those six losses came by one possession and three of them were by a single point. I, I think Jim Laranaga, uh, Jim Laranaga uh, ekes this one out. Over a USC team went far last year, but maybe a little bit overvalued. Parley kid, you're going USC. Yeah, I, I am, Sal. I think uh, I think USC is a really good seven seed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the Pac-12 at 25 and six, uh, these two teams play a little different style. USC is more, uh, you know, under control, little uh, more half court type of offense. Um, they can run when they can't when they want to, but. I think they like to slow the pace down, especially uh, with uh, Mobley, who um, you know likes to get in the paints and uh, post up a little bit. Miami likes to run. I think defense here uh, wins out and rebounding by USC wins out against uh, a pretty solid Hurricanes team. But uh, I, I think, like I said, I think USC is a really good seven seed. Well, Tate is taking Miami. I'm almost certain of it. <laughs> no, I, I would take Miami uh, if they weren't playing USC. I think mm. USC should have been a six seed, like where Colorado State was. I keep giving Colorado yeah. State six seed to everybody. <laughs> I, I think USC could have been there uh, as well. Yeah. I think it's a bad draw for Miami. Miami's a really good team. Jim Laranaga should have won ACC Coach of the Year. Um, I thought he. I mean, I understood the, the Wake Forest propaganda of them being back that got them the mm-hmm. ACC Player of the Year and the Coach of the Year. So I a tip of the cap to the Demon Deacons. Wish they were playing the tournament, but. Um, um, Miami just got a bad draw here, and I think they don't win this game, and USC is uh, is able to pull it through. And I think USC makes a little run again because they're a really talented team. I like Drew Peterson. I mean, a lot of people talk about Isaiah Mobley, but Drew Peterson's going to be in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Like a 6'9", Mike Dunleavy type. So, mm. um, And Ed I, Field's I, I, a heck of a coach, too, right? So. He is. He is. That's what, if they, if Larry better, better check with Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do you, did, a great, Harry. did a great job at uh, what, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, right, Tate? That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. There you go. All right. We got one more. Let's dig deep, brother. Bry. Texas, basically a pick them one point favorite over Virginia tech. First time these teams have ever met. Interesting. Uh, 
I feel like Virginia Tech is a team that just gave it everything they had at Barclays there. Um, Storm Murphy became, I mean, they were playing with such energy. He never picked up his dribble. They hit like 10 for 22 from three. They left it all on the table there. And that's why I'm going with Texas in this game. I don't know if they have anything left. Virginia Tech and Chris Beard's a, a tournament guy, tournament coach. Give me Texas, brother Bry. You agree? Yeah, I'm the same way. I went back and forth, and uh, you know, at first I like Virginia Tech, but I feel like everybody is on Virginia Tech. We know, we know, mm-hmm. Tate's going to be on Virginia Tech here too. I'm sure. Um, but you know, while Texas had a rough stretch, I mean, they were 0 six against the spread in their last six. But I'm trusting. You know, you talked about it before with coaching being the most important. I'm, I'm trusting that Chris Beard has used this extra time to. And, and the rest to devise a good game plan for taking Virginia Tech down. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Virginia Tech's probably riding a little bit too high emotionally from from that last, uh, uh, from that ACC tournament. So give me Texas minus one here. I thought I read that they're the highest seed to ever win the the ACC tournament, but how could that be with NC State's miraculous run? Is that, did I read that wrong? Yeah. Were they I 10? Think, Were they I both 10? NC State was a 10, yeah. Oh, they're both, okay. I see. All right. That makes sense there. But but you're taking Virginia Tech anyway. I I mean, I hear what you guys are saying about the emotion of it all. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked that they just lay a flat egg in this game, but mm-hmm. that means they would have to play a good team and they're not playing a good team. They're playing Texas. And right. uh, Chris Beard is a good coach for players that actually buy into Chris Beard coaching them. This team does not do that. Right. So I think Chris Beard could coach a lot of players to win this game. I'm not sure it's this group. I'm excited to see when Chris Beard gets his group into Texas. Um, I think he can really do something there, but I don't think it's going to be this year. And um, Virginia tech is a bad draw for Texas. Like if I was Texas and we got an 11 seed, mm-hmm. um, I would have taken Michigan over Virginia tech as far as, you know, who's hot, who's coming in. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to take Virginia tech, but I hear what you're saying about the emotions because they did give it all. And uh, I don't know if Stur- Stormer, if he can do that to Texas. But we'll <laughs> also a low number here, 125. So they expect in the low sixties, uh, hmm. both sides. Guys, I'm so proud of you. We did it. We knocked out 21 games in a little little under an right. hour. Tate, you will be at Harry's wedding? Yes. yes. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. 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 Very oh, excited. Yes. <laughs> what, who has better odds of hooking up with one of uh, Angie's bridesmaids, you or heel producer Jim Cunningham? <laughs> oh, Jim Cunningham. Jim Cunningham has no standards. Hey, Harry, That's whatever the place you need, then. Whatever you need, send it to Jim. Jim said, Jim told me he's been on fire lately too with the lady. So he's on fire. <laughs> he's, he's, something else. He's, like, he's like hitting on the lady checking us in at our hotel. I'm like, she yeah. doesn't, she's not trying to, she's trying to oh. do a job. Yeah. She's stuck behind the desk, Jim. Keep in your pants. Uh, I love it. So I love, you know what? Tay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you $200 and you could spend it how you want. I'm going to try to uh, direct you in a, a certain way. You could, um, you could spend it on edibles, which I know is probably your first priority. You could buy Harry a nice gift. I recommend you don't do that. Or I'll put bets in for you on this tournament. Let's do that. Forget All the right. first things I mentioned. Love it. Who do you All like? Right. It doesn't have to be on the individual game. You could be on a, a, a region to win it all. What do you like here? Uh, I have Villanova winning their region. Okay. Uh, I have Kansas to win it all. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think of the other uh, as far as UCLA. The other UCLA obviously to win their region. Did you uh, bet those already, or those are these are no, your picks? So at the beginning of the year, I bet two teams. I bet Carolina to win it all, oh, thirty to one, and I bet Kansas <laughs> to win it all, twenty five to one. Okay. Um. Nice. So so, and I still like this Kansas. I think Ochai Akbaji is the best player in the country. Really? 
And I think that no one will say that because we don't like defense anymore. But Ochai Agbaji is the best two-way player in the country. And, uh, you know, I think Shibway is going to win it. As he, did. I mean, he's had a great season and, and the mm. double doubles. He, he's done the things that that get you the credit to win. But um, that's why I like Kansas. Um, and then Davidson over Duke. If that game, ha- if Davidson gets past Michigan State, I like Davidson over Duke. That would be my big bet. Uh, money line, Davidson. Interesting. All right. Well, so what am I supposed to do here? I, mean, I was tr- I wanted to be done with this here. Dude, can we bet Kansas ten to one? And uh, and who else did you say? Nova. What yeah, Nova, Nova, region. Nova region and Kansas to win it. All right, so why don't we put a hundred on Kansas at ten to one for you, Love and uh, and for the region, what'd you say, Nova? They're three something. Oh, they're plus five fifty. A hundred on them. Nice. Love that. You like that? I like Nova. They really impressed me. I, I I walked away from the Big East tournament thinking to myself, "Wow, Villanova! If they win another national championship, I wouldn't be surprised." There you go. All right, they you did it. You made fifteen. I mean, you spent an hour with us and you made fifteen hundred dollars just like that. Right? <laughs> that was Good job easy. by you, Tate. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, uh, Babyface. You have anything to add? We just we just have to get Tate on the selection committee next year. I don't know how we do it, but we need to we need to mix the yep. young bloods with the blue bloods. A hundred percent. What do you have to do, Tate? Can Larry Brown make this happen or Ken Palm? I, I got to get some respect. You know, I'm the Rod, Rodney Dangerfield of a basketball coverage out here. I got to get the respect. I get this whole Coach K thing. I, I broke the farewell tour. Yep. I, I got the news from Nike and then Coach K wouldn't even acknowledge that I did that. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, guys. Give, give me something. He's been uh, holding you back, Coach K. Once he's gone, <laughs> that's when, that's gone, when you fly. I didn't open up. Yeah. No, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. I love it. Thank you for coming on. Tate, uh, plug everything you have going. Uh, Titus and Tate podcast. We're every single night after the games, we'll be going uh, and doing a show live from the Fox lot. So you'll find us on our YouTube, which is uh, Titus and Tate, youtube.com. You can do that. And then uh, I did a series, the world of five star, which is a podcast series that we produce my company. And uh, coach K is in that I had to interview coach K and it was one of the funniest experiences of my <laughs> life. Oh, that's awesome. I'm awesome. going to, to hell's gate. Um, you know, <laughs> That's uh, great. That came back to life. So uh, yeah, th- those are all the things going on, and I love being back with you guys. And uh, I love know it. Jim Cunningham misses it too. So we had great times uh, with the AAO <laughs> crew. Always, we love him too, awesome but he could never wake up before noon. So it was, uh, a, it was a tough gig for him. He still can't. <laughs> and don't forget, uh, uh, Tate will be um, participating in the race to sixty nine at Harry's wedding. So don't. Yes. Uh, Oh, must, uh, must be in on that. <laughs> All right. That'll uh, do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Mikey Meatballs, for Eddie Spaghetti, for Babyface Joel Salmon, the Degenerate Trifecta, and the great Master Tate Frazier. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na